Amen. I want to bring you a message today called Living an Expectant Life. Living an Expectant Life or Great Expectations. So if you would turn your Bibles this morning to Psalms, the fifth chapter and the third verse. Psalms 5 and verse 3. Father, thank you so much for this great congregation. I pray blessing over them as they hear your word today. Thank you for the Holy Ghost who rests upon us in this house. Thank you for speaking and and moving by your Spirit. Thank you for healing and transforming lives and lifting people from oppression and lifting people out of a depressed state. We thank you, Master, that you are the glory and you are the lifter up of our head. And so we lift our head today and we look unto you with great expectation for a bright future. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Lord, we pray for our families, our loved ones, Lord, that are not serving you. We hold them up to you in the name of Jesus. And we surround them with our faith. And we surround them with our love today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for moving on behalf of all of our loved ones. Every in-law, every cousin, each and every one. Thank you that your hand is not shortened. There is nothing too difficult for thee, O God. All things are possible, for we are a company of believers. And we are a company of receivers. And we give you praise. We give you glory. For it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I get this word in my spirit. Promotions. 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 Lord, let it be. Let it be. Let it be, Lord. So be it. So be it. So be it. For the promotions for your people. For taking them up higher, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're coming up. We're coming up. We're coming up. Coming up in every area of our lives. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm, Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, those changes that you've ordained for all of our lives. Now we know that as we look unto you, we shall be changed. And that you bring us from one level of, of faith to another. You bring us from lo- one level of strength to another. But you all ta- also take us from glory to glory. And so, Lord, as we look into the perfect law of liberty, as we look into the mirror of your word this year, we shall all be changed. We shall be transformed. May our thinking be changed. May our words be changed. May our actions be changed. All in alignment. All in alignment. All in alignment with your perfect will. Your perfect plan. Thy will, O God, be done. Thy will be done in my life. Thy will be done in the lives of your people in this place. May we stretch forth and press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. And we thank you, Master, that your grace has been sufficient and your grace will ever be sufficient for us every day, every day, every day, and in every way. 
We magnify you for it. Lift up your hands and thank Him. Thank Him. Hallelujah. Amen. His grace has brought you this far. His grace will carry you through any midnight hour. Daily grace. Hallelujah. Yearly grace. Thank God we lean in. We rely on the grace of the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank God for your enablement. Your enablement, Lord, upon your people. You have made us able. You have made us able to do thy will, O God. To stand fast in the liberty wherewith you have made us free. And we glorify you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Will I ever be free, someone has said. Will I ever be free? Well, that's your choice. That's your choice. For your freedom and your liberty has been bought and paid for. So don't struggle whether you'll ever be free or not. Just take your freedom as a free gift and receive it right now in the name of Jesus, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Hallelujah. So lay aside those things. Lay aside those weights. Lay aside those sins. Lay them aside, saith the Lord, and I'll help you by my grace to keep them right where they belong. For I've said in my word that sin shall no longer have dominion over my children. For I would remind you that you are not under the law, but you are under the grace of God. And so the grace of God will enable you to lay the things aside and to keep the sins under your feet. Amen? Amen. Let's thank God for His grace. Glory to God. I receive my freedom. Somebody just needs to say that today. I receive... I receive my freedom. I receive my deliverance. I receive my freedom. Amen. Amen. Ooh, glory to God. It's a good thing to be free. It's one thing to get free, but it's another thing to stay free. Set free, that's awesome. But now let's stay free. Standing fast in the liberty. Wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Psalms 5.3 says, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct my prayer unto you, and I will look up. Now the NIV translation says it this way, In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning I will lay my request before you, and I will wait expectantly you and I are an expectant bunch that was pretty weak I'm going to try it on for size one more time you and I are an expectant bunch now why is it that we ought to expect good things well Ephesians 3.20 says it like this now to him that's able Is our God able? Is He willing to use His ability on your behalf? Our God is able. Well, what's He able to do? To do exceeding. 
exceeding, abundantly, above. I said we're coming up. We're coming up above all that we dare ask or think according to the power of God working in us. Glory to God. Now listen to this statement. Faith in his ability and in his willingness to use his ability on your behalf along with his power at work in you. Along with his faith working in you. Along with the Holy Spirit and his power working in you. Will raise us to a level of expectation beyond the norm. How many of you could use your expectation to be raised up? I have faith in his ability. You have faith in his willingness. And that faith is working in us. And what it does then, it brings us to the exceeding. It brings us to the abundance. Above. Come on. And not only that, but knowing that he just does not change. He said, I am the Lord and I don't change. And knowing that Jesus is the eternally changeless one, it will raise our expectation. In Hebrews 13, verse 8, let's read that together out of the Amplified. Ready, read. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is always the same. Stop right there. Always. He's always the same. Yesterday, today, yes, and forever to the ages. If he did it yesterday, he'll do it today. If he'll do it today, he will do it again. Because he is the same. And knowing that raises our expectation. I like what they prayed over here in Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 2. And in a moment, I'm going to want you to pray this along with me. Habakkuk 3 verse 2 says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. Oh, he's famous. He is famous. Lord, I have heard of your fame. And I stand in awe of your deeds. Repeat them in our day. This is an invitation for him to do the exceeding. And the things he did yesterday, he'll do today. Repeat them in our day, in our time. Make them known. Now raise up one hand toward heaven and repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, we have heard of your fame. You are famous to do great and awesome things. And we here in the Bay Area, we stand in awe and in reverence at what you have done. We ask you, sir, do it again. Repeat them in our day and in our time. Let them be known. 
In Jesus' name. We believe it. We receive it. Does he in fact answer our prayer? So, what we ought to say is, glory to God, his deeds are being done again. His signs, his wonders, his miracles are happening again in our day and in our time. Now here's a very, very important point. Our level of expectation will always determine the level of our lives. Whether good or bad. Whether positive or negative. You see, if we allowed ourselves to be moved by what we saw and to speak what we saw in the natural, we would be living on the negative side of life. And we would be programming ourselves to expect bad things to happen. But on the other hand, over here on the winner's circle, I said over here on the winner's circle, if we will program ourselves with the Word and learn to think the thoughts of God and speak the words of God, this will enable us to expect God and to expect good every day of our lives. Look at your neighbor and say, expect God and expect good all the days of your life. A new level. We're coming up to a new level. We are going to realize where we are and who we are and what we have in this day and in this hour. We must leave the lowlands of low expectancies and leave the lowlands of doubt and unbelief and come up to the level that He has already raised us up together. Come on, somebody. I'm looking at a group that's been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm looking at a people that have joint seating with the Master. For He has raised us up together. And He has made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now why did He do that? Why did He do this for you? Why did He do this for me? Because He loves us. But he also wants to do some awesome things. In Ephesians chapter 2 and in verse 7 in the Amplified Version, we'll see why he did this. He did this in order that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages. Through the ages to come. In our life here, in our life now, and in the ages to come that he might demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, the limitless, the surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor and his kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. I just dropped by to tell you that he wants to do immeasurable, limitless and surpassing things for you in 2019 and cause you to have an awesome year. Say with me, the immeasurable, the limitless, the surpassing riches of His grace, 
are functioning and operating in my life all year long. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I think we ought to just pause and thank Him for that. I believe it. I receive it. Now listen to this, guys. God has raised you up to a level that's not based on your qualifications. He has qualified you. It's not based on your track record. It's not based on your education. It's not based on where you live. It's not based on your works. It's based on His favor and His grace upon your life. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, according to your faith, so be it unto you. We could say it this way. According to your expectation, so be it unto you. So what are some of the things that we can expect from God? Well, we can expect eternal life, can we not? Not only that, but you and I can expect forgiveness of sins. Has anybody ever had to employ 1 John 1, 9 in their life? 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to do what? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The worst thing that we can do when we fail and when we miss it is run from God. The best thing we can do is run to God. And when we run to God when we fail and when we miss it, we will be just like that prodigal son of old that experienced complete restoration. You know, the prodigal son of old, he spent all of his living, he spent all of his inheritance on riotous living. We could say he went to Las Vegas. He went to Vegas. And he spent everything he had. Everything was gone. His best friends left him. They weren't very good friends. Let me tell you something about some of those good time Charlies. When those friends walk out, we got a friend that sticks closer than a brother that will walk into our lives. Amen? What did this prodigal son experience? What was the father's disposition to his son? His father's disposition was... Welcome home, son. The Bible said he saw him afar off. And he made great preparations because his son who was dead is now come to himself and is alive again. And so what did he say? Kill the fatted calf. Get the best robe out of my closet. Let's put that ring back on his finger. This is my son. His disposition was one of love and it's the same disposition that he has toward you when you failed, when you miss it, when you confess your sins, he restores you to fellowship. I think we ought to get a little happier than that. Amen. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 and let's look at 31 through 34. Matthew 6 we can expect financial provision. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, and notice with me in verse 31, 
Will it ever get any better? It's your choice. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Notice in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, he says, Therefore, take no thought, saying, What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? Does God want us to worry about our clothing? Does He want us to worry about what we're going to eat? I mean, some of us have been really eating pretty good. Amen. (laughs) He doesn't want you worrying about where you're going to live. He said, now don't take those thoughts. See, the enemy will come along with his thoughts and he will try to implant those thoughts in our minds to get us to take those thoughts and begin talking about them. Well, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how in the world I'm going to be able to pay my bills. I don't know how my children are going to have clothes to wear. I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. That's an open door to the enemy. Because God has given us His Word that we might know. See, a lack of knowledge, people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But you in this congregation are not a congregation that is ignorant. You've been given the Word. And you've been given the name and you've been given the blood to be able to resist those thoughts when they come to your soul. So instead of taking those thoughts and saying wrong things, think the thoughts of God, take the thoughts of God and think and speak what God says. Amen. 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 Now notice in verse 32, for all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you had need of all these things. But verse 33 says, But seek ye first. Seeking your clothes, seeking your food, seeking what you're going to drink first is out of line with the word. He says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, and what will happen? Come on. All these what? All these clothes? All this food? All these places to live? What will happen? They shall be added to thee. Now here's the problem. Many Christians try to add those things to themselves without seeking first the kingdom of God and they're not getting them. Because there is a priority that is out of line with Matthew 6.33. He said, if you will put me first. I'm preaching to you today. I'm preaching to you at the end of this year into a new year to seek first. Seek first, seek first the kingdom of God. And as you do, he will see to it that your needs are met. Glory to God. Listen, it is my responsibility and your responsibility to put him first and to seek him first. And if we do so, then we can expect Him to add all these things to us.
Say this with me. My part is to seek him first. And his part is to add it unto me. A great confession that you can make in 2019, if someone asks you how you're doing, you ought to say, thank God it's being added to me. It's being added to me. I'm living in the overflow. I'm living in the abundance of all things. Amen? So then you can expect God to add to you as you put him first. Now look at over at Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. Philippians the 4th chapter the 19th verse. Notice this verse, very familiar verse of scripture. It says, but my God shall supply half of your needs. No, he didn't say a part or half. He said, my God shall supply all your need. Now he'll do it according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now I learned many years ago through a man by the name of Ed Dufresne. How many of you know who Ed is? I didn't say who Ed was. Ed's in heaven. But Ed still is. Just like your relative still is. My mom, my mom and dad still is. They're not dead. They is in heaven. Amen. They still is. Now we miss them. Don't misunderstand me. But it won't be long before we'll see them. I said it won't be long before we see them. You're going to see Uncle Joe again. You're going to see mom again. You're going to see dad again. Praise God. I don't know how come I got off on that, but it felt good. Amen. Now notice this. My God shall supply. I learned from Brother Ed years ago. He used to preach in the minister's conferences. And he would say this over and over again. He would say this. I have a supply. I have a supply. You know, the Bible says you can have what you say. Amen. And it's good to say, I have a supply when it doesn't look like you have anything. Say it with me. I have, I have a supply. I have all I need and all I ever want in him. I have a full supply. I have a full supply of strength. I have a full supply of joy. Man, I felt something right there. You think about the world tomorrow night, December 31st. Oh, man, they're going to have their, their party hats on. and They're going to be out there, you know, dancing and drinking and smoking. And oh, man, ain't they got a good time? They don't have a clue of what a good time is. A good time is not of this world. A good time is in the kingdom of God. And you are in the kingdom of God. And in this kingdom, there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And the neat thing about it is you come to church tomorrow night, get drunk in the Holy Ghost, you'll wake up on January 1st and not even have a hangover. You won't need another drink to take the edge off. Amen. You just get up and start rejoicing. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Say it with me. I'm expecting a full supply in my life. Now here's what expectancy will do. Expectancy will create in you a winning attitude. We could say it this way. 
A spirit of expectancy comes from the spirit of faith. And the spirit of faith is, it is the spirit of victory. Amen? I'm expecting to win. How about you? How many of you like to lose? How many of you really like to? I don't like losing. Well, we could learn something from our loss. Yeah, that's true. I understand that. But why not learn ahead of time and not lose? Why not play to win? Say with me, I'm more than a conqueror. Through him that loved me. Now, I want us to look at the Apostle Paul just for a few moments today in Philippians chapter 1, in verses 19 through 21. Paul is in prison, and Paul is locked up, and Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, and he has a great fellowship with them and a great communion with them, and he knew them. And he said in Philippians verses uh, 1, verses 19 through 21, He says, for I know that this shall turn. In other words, I'm in prison, but it's going to turn out all right. You may be in a bad situation, but it's going to be okay. I said, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right, all right, okay. It's going to be all right. So Paul has this expectancy about him. He says, now look. He says, I'm in prison, but I know my deliverance is coming. It's going to turn around. Then he says, one of the ways that it's going to come is through your prayers. And the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Did Paul have a supply? If you have faith buddies and prayer partners... You have a supply. We all need people that will surround us with faith and love. We all need people to lift us up and to pray for us and to speak faith-filled words over us. We have a supply. I just want you to know here at Heart of the Bay, you have a supply. You got people praying for you. You got people speaking faith-filled words over you. You have a supply. There's a supply of the Spirit for you in this place. And this is what Paul is saying. He says, I know it's going to turn on. I know everything's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Because of your prayers and because of the supply of the Holy Spirit that is coming through your prayers. But now notice with me, in the next verse, in verse 20, he also along with knowing that it was going to turn all right. He expected it to happen. I said he expected it to happen. And you must take this word, believe this word, speak this word, and expect it to come to pass in your life. Paul said, it shall be according to my expectation and my hope. In other words, I am confidently And favorably expecting for things to turn out okay. That in nothing I shall be ashamed. But that with all boldness, as always, all the time, whether in prison or out. So now also Christ will be magnified in my body. Whether it be by life or whether it be by death. 
Listen, folks. Much of what we experience from God is in direct proportion to our earnest expectations. You take a look at the word earnest, and the word earnest means to be ardent in the pursuit of an object. It also means to be eager to obtain. To be earnest and to have an earnest expectation also means to have a longing desire. What does expect mean? Expect means to look forward to with excitement. How many of you ladies remember the days, the weeks, the months before your wedding date? None of you? Somebody says, I'm trying to forget. <laughs> Maybe we'll do this one. Let's do something else here. <laughs> I know Brenda was expecting me to come to the, ch- going to the chapel and well. Anyway, let's try this one. That one didn't go over so big. How many of you ladies can remember being pregnant and you're expecting? Oh, you're expecting. And then, like Brenda, you found out that your grandkids were going to be little girls. Oh, my goodness. You know, when you, grow, when you had two boys, you're looking forward to having some girls. But that expectancy, that pregnancy, you're expecting. And along with that expectation, you make some preparations. This just came up in my spirit. Some of you need to open a savings account. Why? If you're expecting God to meet your need and to go into the overflow and it to be added to you, you better have something that can contain it. Make some preparations. And so you made preparations and you got the nursery just right. And then you ordered all of these gifts from Target on Amazon. And the doorbell rang about 20 times a day. But <laughs> someone's just pointing to his wife. But you're excited. Why? Because you're expecting. You know, I think sometimes we need to sit around our home, look at our wife, look at her husband, and ask ourselves, what are we excited about? What, what, are, what are we excited about? What, what are we expecting? Are we expecting the same old, same old? Are we expecting a better year? Are we expecting to come up out of that? Into our land of promise? What are we expecting in our marriage? Are we expecting just to, to get old and, and just hold hands and not have any intimacy anymore? What are we expecting? Or are we expecting Barry White to show up? What are we expecting? What are you expecting in your relationship? Just to go through the motions? What are you expecting? What are you expecting in your walk with God? Folks, 
Get your expectors up. Get excited about something. Get excited about someone. Get excited about something He's doing in the earth today. And give your life to it. Expect God to show up. Amen. Come to church expecting like you are today. Don't come to church and say, Man, I wish pastor would get a new suit and new tie. My goodness sakes alive. No, get rid of all that. Stir yourself up in 2019. Expect God to show up. Years ago, you know, Brother Hagen had a healing school. And uh, they did it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which is a real dangerous time to have a meeting. Because it's after lunch. And there are a couple of the healing technicians, a couple of guys being trained and mentored for healing. They'd been across the street. They used to have a restaurant, Mexican restaurant across the street called the Monterey House. And at the Monterey House, I mean, you could get for about $5.99 an El Plato like this. And evidently, they went and ate themselves happy. Anybody ever ate themselves happy? And so Brother Hagen, the prophet of God, is ministering the word and the anointing's there and he's preaching and teaching and, and everything. And these boys on the front row, about half asleep. And their eyes got real, real heavy. And one of them nodded out. And Brother Hagen saw it. So he walked right over there in front of them, started preaching to them. And then he kicked one of the guy's feet. He said, get excited, boys. Get excited. Get excited. Oh, yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Get excited, boys. He said, because that's when the word of God will start working for you. When you have expectancy, when you have excitement, when you wake up in the morning and you say, this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Get excited about something more than sports. Get excited about something more than the latest video game or the latest iPhone. Boy, I got quiet. Wow. Get excited. Be expectant. God's on the move. He's on the move. And He wants to move in a greater way in my life. And He wants to move in a greater way in your life. Say it with me, I'm expecting good things and godly things. Expectation is also defined as a visualization of a future event. So expect to see good things in your life, in your family, and in your future. You know, one way to find out where your expectations are is listen to what you say as a habit of life. Because quite frankly, our expectations are vocalized in our daily speech. We will never rise above our expectations. And we will never rise above our faith-filled words. Dad Hagen said this in his little book called Words. I highly recommend that you get it. It's a little mini book and it probably costs a dollar to a dollar and a half. 
But inside of that book on words, he says this. He said, words are more important than a lot of people realize. He said that words will make us or break us. He said, words can heal us or make us sick. Be very careful, my brothers and sisters, what you say about your body. Stop talking old. Stop having all those organ recitals. I mean, if you can know the Latin and all those disease names, you can know Matthew eight seventeen, which says himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Amen? In Proverbs, it says this. It says, when we keep our mouth and our tongue, we'll keep our soul from troubles. In Proverbs 12, 6, he says, the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. In Proverbs 12, 14, he says, a man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. In Proverbs 12, 18, he says this, that the tongue of the wise brings healing. In Proverbs 13, 3, it says, he that keepeth his mouth keeps his life. In Proverbs 14, 3, it says, the lips of the wise shall preserve them. How many of you are interested in being preserved till Jesus returns? Preserved is the opposite of being pickled. Proverbs 16.24 says, Pleasant words are as in honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to your bones. According to the Bible, words destroy us or make us full of life happiness or health. And then he went on to say this, our words, the words we spoke yesterday, make life what it is today. See, you're planting seeds for your future when you speak God's word today. When you speak God's word today, God's word goes into your future. And when you get to your future Everything going to be all right. I looked this up on Eagle Mountain. George Pearson has a great download just called Words. You can look it up on Eagle Mountain International Church. That's Brother Copeland's son-in-law. Let me just read to you some of the things that he says about words. Look at your neighbor and say, My words words reveal reveal what I'm expecting. expecting. My My words... Identify me. He goes on to say, the words you speak set the boundaries of your life. Don't set boundaries. God's not limited. The words you speak affect your spirit and your inward man. And then, Brother George goes on to say, if you want to locate yourself, just listen to the words you speak. Words are the building blocks with which you construct your life in future. Words set the cornerstones of our lives. Words set boundaries which can find or release us. Words have creative ability. They create the realities that we see. God's Word, the incorruptible seed, has within it the ability and DNA to cause itself to come to pass. Words program your spirit for success or failure. How many of you have ever seen that little book by Charles Capps called God's Creative Power? 
Man, get that book and say what those scriptures say on a regular basis and it will raise your level of expectation. I've been speaking God's word since 1975 and I want to tell you that God's word is working. It's working in my life. It restored my soul. It brought my mind back to being sound and clear. Amen. And God's word is no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for anyone. That will get it in their heart and speak it with their mouth. You watch what God will do in your life. Charles Capp said this in his book, God's Creative Power. He said, words of God conceived in the heart, spoken out of the mouth, become a spiritual force that releases faith, which is the creative ability of God. So what do words do? Words establish strongholds. Words break habits. Words change things. And words can redirect your thought patterns. You talk about being transformed. You talk about being changed. Glory to God. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You think winner, you are a winner. You think healed, you speak healed, you act healed, you expect healed. It won't be long before this body's got to line up and be totally healed. You think prosperity, you speak prosperity, you act prosperity, you expect prosperity. Prosperity, exactly what you'll have. But if you think poor... And you speak poor, and you act poor, and you expect poor, poverty will come upon you and overtake you as a thief. Folks, death and life are in the power of your tongue. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. We could say it this way, choose you today what you're going to speak in 2019. I tell you what I'm going to speak, Tony. I'm going to speak the word only. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what the body may feel like, I'm going to speak the word only, and I'm going to have only what the word says I have. How about you? I said, how about you? I said it early. I'm going to say it again. Someone in this auditorium has thought to themselves, will I ever be free? Will I ever be free? Will I ever be free? God says to you, it's your choice. If you will set your will to be free and think free and speak free and act free and expect free, you will be completely free from what has had you bound in days past. Don't make it so difficult. Don't make it so hard. If I could just get someone to pray for me. If I could get, just, just get super duper to come to town. I got a word for you. Super duper is already in town. His name is Jesus. 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 His name is Jesus. The son of the living God. 
So don't set your affection on man to get you free. Set your affections on the, the man that has already set you free. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And he's translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. I'm just waiting for the Lord to take this. I'm waiting for the Lord to take that. He already took it. He bore your sins. He bore your disease. Don't take what he already took. Well, I'm just waiting for the Lord to, to, to take this and to take that. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't watch pornography. He doesn't do drugs. He doesn't drink gin and tonica or smoke marijuana. Freedom's been bought and paid for. Say with me, I'm expecting glorious things. So words then point us in whatever direction they are aimed and released. Words set the course of our lives. Words determine our future, our health, our wealth, and our place in eternity. We are the prophets of our lives. Words arrive, I like this, words arrive at our future before we do. Words create desires and transmit images that we will eventually live out. Words frame our world. Words spoken today here at Heart of the Bay become a living reality tomorrow. Words are goal setters that give direction and establish destination. And if you'll allow me to today, as we close this service.